You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. I'm Mike Lunsford, and this is Mike Explores, a podcast venture where I try to answer questions about the world around us. What exactly is the difference between a cult and a religion? Well, that's what we're going to explore on this first episode of Mike Explores. I was lucky enough to be introduced to a man named Derek Grant. He's a former member of the Church of Scientology. I sat down to interview him because I was curious. I wanted to know. I've seen the documentaries, the ones that are famous, uh, that Leah Remini has, that, that everybody has watched about the Church of Scientology. I've heard the stories in the news. I've heard about Tom Cruise and John Travolta and Elizabeth Moss and all the other members of the church, and I use that term loosely, and how it has benefited them, but also some of the horror stories behind the scenes. This is about trying to learn the truth from somebody who doesn't have a vested interest in trying to keep their power, keep their fame that they've gained because of this church. And again, too, I don't know if this is a church. This is where we explore. We want to figure out what the truth is. And to be clear, I'm not a journalist. I'm not a member of the media. I'm just a person that wants to know the answers. I want to know why. I want to know from actual people. I want to hear the stories from someone that doesn't have anything to gain from their testimony. So here's our interview with Derek Grant, former member of the Church of Scientology. On this particular episode, we're going to delve into a topic that we have explored before, but in a different facet. So one of the things that always fascinates me in general, and I always want to know more about, is the relationship that people have with religion, because it's it's different for each person. It is a completely different experience for everyone involved. And you can have two people that were raised in the same religion or who practice the same religion, but they see them as two completely different entities. So that's one of the things that I want to talk about today, in fact— there's also kind of a dark side to some religions as well. And I don't want to throw out terms like cult. I want to reserve those for the people who actually experienced it themselves. I don't think it's fair for me as an outsider to say what is and what isn't. But that's going to be our conversation today. Now, one of the things that we didn't discuss um, with my interviewee today is if he wants his name to be known. So I'm gonna, I'll allow him to, oh, it's it's fine. Okay, I'm getting the thumbs up here. You guys can't see it because, you know, it's an audio podcast. But um, his name is Derek Grant. Derek, tell me a little bit about the church that you grew up in and kind of your assessment on this. It was I, – I've heard it called a cult. I've, I've heard it just called a religion. I've heard it called a business. I've heard three different things from this very famous uh, religion. So please take the mic, introduce yourself, kind of tell me a little bit about your thoughts on this. Sure. Uh, I would actually go with all of the above for uh, for the Church of Scientology, I would say that it is uh, a business first, a cult second, and you can tack religion on there at the end. Uh, I believe that there are members that really do do see it that way. Well, I think all the members see it that way, but it's definitely more on the uh, the, the the cultier side of things. Uh, yeah. You look at the 
the uh, the matrix for what quali- what qualifies something as a, a cult. It, it it ticks all the boxes, for sure. Now, this is not – your relationship with this is not like – we'll use one of the more famous um, members of the church. We'll use uh, John Travolta as an example. Uh, Travolta was not born into the religion. He came to the religion later in his career, and – you could say that there's a correlation that the joining of the church resurrected his career. You were actually born into it, correct? Was yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm second generation, um, and for a time, pretty much everybody in my my direct family was as well, um, and that's part of the the culty vibe of of Scientology is they really encourage you to be insular, to not go outside that uh, people that aren't in are at best untrustworthy and at worst you're at your enemy so you know they they will encourage you to turn away from any family members even if you're if you're married and you find Scientology and they don't want to come along with you they'll encourage you to divorce them uh, leave your kids behind so they, you know they after being in the church for any period of time you'll find when you look around that all of your acquaintances and your friends are are in the, the organization. So it's it's um, it, for a while there, because um, it really got really popular in the 60s. In the late 70s, early 80s, you started to find people having kids that had been in the church for years and years. So it was really the 80s where you had this real boom of this explosion of second generation Scientology kids. Like myself. Well, and that's and that's something that I wanted to kind of explore as well, because one of the things you just mentioned, too, is something that like is very contrary to most other religions that I that I know is you want it to be welcoming. You want it to be something where it's not about like, well, if you're here, you're here for life. It, it's this like there's a certain amount of exploration that that is encouraged to question your faith, to question your beliefs, to search for the truth. And it seems like that's very not the case with Scientology. Is that, is that so, correct? You're, you're correct, but they would disagree with you. They pay lip service to questioning faith. Uh, they even have these little pithy expressions. They'll say, what's true for you is true for you. You know, like, so in other words, like I can't tell you how you interpret something because you need to find your own truth. And it sounds very hippy dippy and like, oh, that's great. Everyone's got their own thing. But when it comes right down to it, I might say as a Scientologist, well, what's true for you is true for you. And then let's say you find your own interpretation that I don't agree with or maybe the church doesn't agree with. Well, then we won't just accept that. We'll say, well, well, clearly your truth came from the fact that you didn't really understand it right. So I'm going to explain it to you, and I'm going to make you go look every single word up in the dictionary and give me examples of every one of those words in multiple sentences, what's called word clearing, and and until you just give up, basically, and accept that my interpretation is the right one, and you just had a, a misunderstood, they'd call it. So it, it they... They pay lip service to exploring only if at the end you end up coming back to the way they want you to see it. 
So as long as the end result is achieved that they are, they want, then all of it was worth it, basically. It's... Exactly. Oh, and it gets, again, it gets so much worse the more into the organization you get. Like, if you work for them, being on staff or part of their clergy with the C organization, you get anywhere into those things. If you start to find your own interpretation things a little too much, you might get called into what's known as the ethics office. They put a couple of these little electrode cans in your hand and they hook you up to the little e-meter and interrogate you basically with this little crap lie detector test. And they'll start asking you weird questions like, like, you know, do you have a masturbation problem? Do you, do you dream about, you know, your neighbor's little boy? They'll, they'll like really random stuff to just to kind of shake you up. And they call it a security check, a sec check. They'll, they'll bring you in there and they'll talk to you for a couple hours, grilling you, taking all these notes down, making you feel like you're just a, a horrible person. And then the the real coup de grace uh, at the end of it is they charge you for it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are kidding me. No, they pull you into the security office. Hey, you know, you, you're, you're saying some things and we think you've got some they'll call it overts and withholds you, you, things you're doing against the church or 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 things that you haven't told us overt withhold we got some overts and withholds we need to talk to you about it here come in here hold 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 these cans the little electrodes like i said they'll grill you for about 2 hours and they charge you for 2 hours of what they call auditing time which can be thousands of dollars so what's true for you is true for you until it isn't wow so <laughs> this is no longer like the the curtain of ignorance with this religion, and I, I use that term loosely, um, is kind of starting to be pulled away because we've had people like Leah Remini. We've had people. Uh, I'm trying to think of other people who have tried to expose the church. Uh, she's the most prominent one I can think of in in my mind right now. She um, is. Yeah. Uh, there's also been a few other less like famous types, but uh, some of the the higher ups in uh, in the organization have have left. Um, and like Karen uh, Karen Del Carri, oh, my God, I always mess up her last name. She's going to give me so much crap for it. The the Carri. Anyway, her name is Karen. She. <laughs> She uh, she knew uh, L. Ron Hubbard personally. Uh, she worked with him, and she left the church years ago, and has been an active recruiter for anybody that she 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 collects us strays. She finds you know people that have left the church. She finds uh, especially anybody of any prominence, and uh, she has organized groups. Um, and that's where a lot of these uh, things like Leah Remini's show and a lot of these books have really come from these groups of Scientologists that f have found each other and have encouraged one another to tell their story. So, um, but Leah Remini is by far the, the most famous. Of, yeah, of, for sure. So as somebody who grew up in the church, when did it dawn on you? Do you, do you have like a, like a, a clear line of sight on when you were like, this is kind of fucked up. Was there like, was there any moments like that where you were just like, yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to work anymore. 
So I think it would have probably come a lot earlier for me if uh, I had been one of those people that found it later in life. But the fact that I was born in it, you know, like when your parents tell you, you know, this is the way the world is, you you, you believe them. Um, but it was a real slow departure for me. I was actually the last in my family to leave. Um, and it was a real slow departure for me because – most of my family left in the early 90s when there was a coup, for lack of a better word. There was a coup in, in the church. L. Ron Hubbard, the founder, died in the 80s, late 80s-ish. Um, anyway, And this young upstart by the name of David Miscavige, if you've watched any of the documentaries or read any of the books, his name looms large. He's yeah. the, 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 the leader. Uh, just an absolute evil, evil person. Um, he took over. Um, there was a, a group of folks that L. Ron Hubbard had actually wanted to take over the church. There was even a letter that was written. Uh, David Miscavige, who for years had been grooming his own lieutenants, as it were, uh, was able to come in and say, oh, that 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 letter is is fake and he and all his supporters should be kicked out of the church for trying to take it over i'm i'm the rightful ruler basically and so you had this rift uh, of the old people that had been in since like the late 50s and the 60s uh, a lot of the people that had joined later and and were loyal to this group that was the rightful heirs to the empire as it were um that didn't want to support David Miscavige. David Miscavige had all his supporters. So there really was this one side versus the other. And when all the old heads got run out on a rail, a lot of Scientologists left with them. A lot of Scientologists stayed behind and just didn't like the way the organization was running at that point because it was always weird before, but it got really culty after David Miscavige took it over. Yeah. Uh, um, and pretty much everybody in my family left ran uh, for lack of a better word during that that time period um so at this point i'm you know what 10 11 and all i know is my dad's a successful musician um down in la and he's doing really well and next thing i know for no reason explained to me, we're moving up to Sacramento, California. He's not working in music anymore, and he's getting a job like working on construction sites. And I have no clue why. It was never explained to me. Um, and for years, I just assumed we were still Scientologists. But I didn't go to any organizations. I didn't take any courses. I was still being raised as one but you know i wasn't going to any any of the actual stuff anymore and it really wasn't until um i had joined the air force i think i was 19 years old and somebody you know just because you know people shooting the shit hey do you go to church what religion are you yes kind of random crap um someone asked me like hey do you go to church i go ah no i don't really go to church like oh what religion are you and i instinctively was about to just say oh i'm a scientologist and 
before I said it, it just didn't feel right. And I, I had a moment of like, wait, what am I? I, I actually, I, I, I don't know. So I, I called my parents. I said, you know, it just occurred to me, like, we moved up to Sacramento. I, we didn't really do much, you know, with Scientology stuff. Are, are, are we, are we still Scientologists? And my parents were like, nah, man, we, we, we left a while ago. Like, where have you been? <laughs> um, and I asked them, I was like, that's getting that kind of messed up. Like, you'd think that'd be a, that's something that you would tell people, like you would tell your, your kid. And so my parents were hippies. And this is just like the hippiest answer ever. They said, well, we didn't want to dictate your spiritual path. <laughs> I'm like, Dude. yeah, but you guys escaped a cult. Like, hook a brother up. You're right. <laughs> There's that. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah, like, uh, so I, I just, I, I could see that if it was just some random off the shelf religion that really doesn't control your life that bad. Yeah. But like, they don't realize just how dangerously close I came to joining the Sea Organization, which is their clergy. Um, wow. Yeah, and that's because they didn't tell me, like, hey, here are these things that happened. Here's our reasoning for leaving the church. Oh, by the way, the Church of Scientology declared your dad a suppressive person, and we're all on the declared list. Yay! Like, which, I'll explain what that means. But No, so, you're, you're good, yeah. Because um, that, that is something that we'll, we'll discuss as well, because I do want to go into the terminology, because not everybody is familiar with it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's all good stuff to know. Like, if, if you're growing up still thinking you're part of this organization, because I went through a period of time where I was really floundering. I wasn't doing well as a teenager. I, I you know, I was, I, was, I was falling in with some pretty bad crowds, uh, making some really dumb decisions. And I was thinking, you know, maybe maybe I'll join the military. You know, kind of hit, hit the big reset button, get out of town and, you know, learn a new thing. And one of the options I, I was thinking of is, well, I could also join the C organization. That definitely hit the reset button, put on a really cool uniform that I thought at the time, really cool uniform, you know, maybe go out to like Clearwater, Florida and, you know, work at the, the big, big, uh, base out there, um, for Scientology. Uh, that was really one of the options I was seriously considering and it would have ruined my life. I, I would, I would have been absolutely miserable. I might not even be here today. Um, the suicide rate among, uh, Scientology personnel is, disturbing i don't think we would be having this conversation that's for sure yeah that's true uh, or it might have a completely different connotation um so the fact that you know i ended up choosing the air force you know, definitely a good thing for me um but you know so that whole hey yeah uh, we'll let you choose your spiritual path ah come on you know not 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 for an organization like that not for something that yeah. can be potentially damaging and so I think it's interesting, though, and I, and I wanted to kind of comment on this, and then we'll kind of go into some of the terms, because I'm familiar with them, because my, my wife is a big fan of, of the Leah Remini um, documentaries, and I've learned a lot from her research of it. But the way you describe that is so common for kids who grew up in that same age range that I'm assuming that we're both in, that, like, like born in, like, the late 70s, 80s, grew up in the 80s and 90s, like, type of generation, 
where your parents would do things and you as a kid didn't really understand what was going on. But as an adult, you start putting the pieces together exactly. and you're like, this makes so much more sense now because they were like not secretive, but that's kind of the way parents were is like there's certain things we just don't tell our kids because, you know, they're kids. Fuck them. Like it's. Okay. Well, they, yeah. well they're, they were raised by the, the quote unquote greatest generation that like they never discussed their feelings. Like, you know, kids would go their entire lives, never hear an I love you from their dad or whatever. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, right. You know, and of course, you know, they'd want to break the mold. A lot of parents, you know, especially, you know, the ones well, more the hippie side of the house, they, they didn't want to be like their parents. But they didn't also didn't have any good models for how to not be like their parents. So, you know, when you have kids, it's impossible to not default at least a little bit to the way your parents did things. So, you know, my parents did a lot of things right, but one of the things they didn't do right was really sharing anything about their adult lives. Like my parents, even now, oh my God, even now I'm 40 years old. I'll be talking to my mom and she'd be like, oh yeah, so I'm healing up just fine for my surgery. I'll be like, you're, you're, you're what? When did you have surgery? <laughs> yeah. Why are, did you have surgery oh yeah oh, it's not a big deal is you know this and it's like a big deal like like you could have died on the table and i'd be finding out from a doctor but like no you're gonna oh i'm healing up just fine like that thanks <laughs> it's just yes yeah. it's, uh, it's just a thing yeah yeah no and that's that is totally that generation i mean and unfortunately my mom's no longer with us but like the same sort of thing like big things would come up and like oh i didn't want to worry you uh, okay that that's great but don't you i it would have been nice to know yeah it's right. that that's yeah. that's definitely a, a cultural touchstone unfortunately <laughs> um let's let's talk a little bit about the terminology here because yeah. it, that's the other thing that makes it real culty is like there's there's a completely separate language for this organization because with like with judaism with christianity yeah there's terminology but it's all really easy to figure out for the most part you know like you have a frame a basic frame of reference and everybody can figure it out but like for instance the um suppressive person that's my favorite one yeah um which is fucked up. One, by the way you're, you're talking one hey yeah <laughs> like <laughs> The, the reason I say favorite, like in jest, is like it's so crazy for them to be like anybody who has ill to say of the church or the experience is suppressive. They're like just like you said, they use their own terminology to like make it make themselves seem better, but also too to like take anybody who is uh, contrary to their message and make them look like a fool or an idiot or anything like that. Um, so. Suppressive, like you said, you're a suppressive person. Leah Remini would be a suppressive person. Okay. Um, I'm assuming now that Katie Holmes is no longer with Tom Cruise, she's considered a suppressive person as well, correct? Yeah, but that that um, okay, anything connected to Tom Cruise, it's, it's, it has its own rule book. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, but yes, she, she would be considered a suppressive person, but they would still. Because she has children with Tom Cruise, they probably wouldn't want to alienate her too much because they don't want to potentially alienate Tom Cruise from his kids. Oh, so, so she's like a legacy, basically, and like it's a free pass. I wouldn't say free pass, but they're they're not going to go full. Um, they're not going to go, you know, another terminology. They're not going to go in fair game her. So long as she still has Tom Cruise's kids. So I'm assuming fair game means that it's like open season. Like we can just destroy this person. Yeah. Yeah. So 
she's a suppressive person and she's famous but they're gonna they're gonna keep it a little bit more guarded just because of that that relationship now if you know if i had been dating katie holmes and you know i'm a scientologist you know i'm just some guy oh yeah it'd be it'd be on they'd be they'd be harassing her 24 7 she'd be hating life well, and that's the other thing that's that's really surprising to me about about the church is that like they seem to have carte blanche. It's kind of almost like the mafia in a way because it, yeah. and then maybe this is just fresh on my mind because I just watched that Netflix documentary um, about the mafia in New York and like Giuliani taking them on in the eighties. But it's you go outside the you know you go outside the family quote unquote and like all hell breaks loose and they do everything they can to destroy you you know i'm going to you know your family's dead your friends are dead your dog like they really they really go after it, but like nothing ever seems to happen that I, i've never seen any court cases where where like they've really like nailed the church for anything they seem to skirt a lot of their big issues like is it just because they have so many powerful people under their wing more or less not so much. I mean, maybe in Clearwater. So the area where they have their biggest uh, base uh, is in Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. And that whole town is pretty much run by by Scientology. Uh, there are a few people that are trying to undo that. But they even have a cozy relationship with the police department there. So. If you're in Clearwater, Florida, that's a really bad place to be if you're going to be speaking out against the Church of Scientology. But in the modern internet age, the internet's really what's doing Scientology in, and it's great. It, 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 the information's getting right out there. All of the, what they call their tech, all of their books and the stuff that they, they study and they believe, it's all been leaked online. You want to read OT6, it's out there. You know, OT3, the wall of fire, they call it. It's online. Um, they hate that, um, cause you know, they want to be the ones that, that give you all the little bits of knowledge. They don't want yeah. you to come in armed with it. Yeah. Uh, knowledge is power truly. And they don't want you to have that. Yeah. So at least not until you're fully indoctrinated. <laughs> um, but as far as, you know, their power, it's waning. It really is. The, the strongest thing that they have right now is their very, um, they're a very large team of lawyers, and that's really what, what allows them to do a lot of stuff. They have a really good legal team, and a lot of the stuff that they do is just right on the edge of legality uh, or is done in such a way that you can't really pin it on the church themselves. So they're really good at riding that line. So um, that's really what it comes down to. It's it's not about power, not anymore. Well, the, I think the thing, uh, one of the things that has really shocked a lot of people is, and just to kind of tie this to a recent news story, is the Danny Masterson case, yes. where they've revealed that like this guy was sexually assaulting women at like a pretty nasty level. Like it was it was something that was happening on a regular basis, and the church kind of protected him and not like not stuck even, up for him yeah, in a way not even kind of they they just they straight up protected him they they saw that as an attack on their moral character so they 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 couldn't let masterson get taken down because 
they didn't want that black eye on them as an organization. It really had nothing to do with Danny Masterson, but oh, they had, they had his back. Yeah, and that that's what was crazy to me was that like I've never in my life ever seen an organization or a church stand up and say, no, no, don't punish him, punish us. We'll take care of this. This is an in-house thing, and the courts being like, eh, yeah, cool, whatever. Like it is that like. Scientology wielding its legal power at its fullest? Is that the kind of shit that happens on a regular basis? Absolutely. Um, they will also make it very clear that if you go against them, they will make things as difficult as possible for people around you and your loved ones. So, Again, the mafia. Right. Uh, and, but they will do it right on the edge of legality. They like. They will, and this is something that they'll do, especially in Florida. If you if you're if you do anything close to Clearwater, they'll um, they've bought houses on the same street as people that are speaking out against them, and just having that presence, they'll have they'll have Scientology Sea uh, Org members just constantly living in that in the, those houses. They'll have shifts, so there's always somebody awake in the house. They'll do things that are just annoying. They'll have cameras pointed at your house through the blinds just to let you know, like, we're watching you, every single thing you do. Like, they'll have private investigators follow you just to intimidate you, things along those lines. And it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's scary stuff, but it's not necessarily illegal. Yeah, it's still scary, as you mentioned, you know? Like, that's, that's, a, that's a frightening aspect of... Something and like like you said, like towing the line of legality, like that doesn't seem like from from what I know of religion, whether it's when wielded inappropriately, obviously it can be used to do this sort of thing, but it's meant to bring people together and supposed to be a, 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 a mission of peace and a mission of love and a mission of like this is how we as humans are trying to cope with our existence and trying to understand the question of why, not a here's what we're going to do to make sure that we're always in power and we're going to take anybody who has said anything bad about us and make them look like an idiot and we're going to have a legal team. Like I just, but we're also not talking about something that's a Judeo Christian religion. This is based on a completely different set of ideals and beliefs, correct? Right. So let me, let me just touch on that real quick. So you have to understand when, uh, L Ron Hubbard came up with this idea, what the world was like. So he was, he was in the Navy he was really bad at it. He was just the worst. He, you know, he was in command of a couple of boats, and I mean, he famously accidentally shelled Mexico. I mean, just you know, good stuff, right? Um, I mean, who hasn't, right? Right, of course. <laughs> he, he thought a floating log was a Japanese submarine. Like, it's just, it's, he's, he's just was bad at it, right? Talk to a Scientologist, they'll say he was a war hero, but um, he was just, he was just really bad at it. But yeah. He was in a position before there was an internet, you know, but like if you were in, you know, Kentucky and you went to your local library, they probably didn't have books on Taoism or, you know, Buddhism or Eastern religion. You know, you got to think about like it wasn't until like the 60s, like when big people like the Beatles were traveling, like, oh, what is this mystical stuff? Like he was in a position to travel the world and be exposed to mystical things and Eastern religion and things that are generally good uh, before anybody really knew what they were. So he was able to sort of pick and choose and cherry pick 
all these little things from all these different belief systems, wrap it up, and try and sell it. Originally, you tried to sell it as uh, an addition to psychology. But he was trying to turn the, the psychological world up on its head with his new theories. Um, and when he got slammed for basically practicing medicine without a license, he said, well, fine, I'm a religion then. And that's that's really how Scientology was born. Like, well, if I can't run a clinic, then I'm going to run a church. Um, and, there's no rules about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no rules. You know, it's it, really the same stuff, but now it's a religion. And, you know, people really liked it. Dianetics, man. If, it, if you were in the 50s, in this post-war boom of, of everybody wanted to – to, you know, to find out about all these things that are going on in the world. Because before World War II, we were very insular, you know, and all that stuff. And then after World War II, we had, you know, we were more aware of these far-off countries and their weird ways. You know, people got into Hawaiian culture real hard. You know, Hawaiian music had this real boom in the early 50s. You know, everyone played slide guitar. Like, the world started coming to us. And people were hungry hungry for this 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 newfangled stuff and then along comes this guy he goes hey i've got this thing it's really neat you know and on its face it seemed really positive hey you're a, a you're a good person underneath all that stuff we just need to get in there and find it you know you might you might be a bad guy right now you might be super depressed but everybody's basically good doesn't that sound nice hey come into my dianetics center and I'll hold on to these cans. Let me ask you some questions. And I'm going to, this little meter is going to tell me some cool stuff. And hey, since you're in here, why don't you sign up for this course? Here, buy this book. And that's that's really what it was. And it worked. Dianetics sold millions of copies in the 50s and 60s. So, you know, it didn't start out as this weird, well, it always started out as weird, but it didn't start out as this culty thing. It started out as this self help scam it was always a scam but it was it started as a self-help scam of here come in buy this book we'll we'll tell you some self-help things that we kind of cherry pick you know all over the place and that was really it and as it got more popular as he started making more money started going to his head he became a little bit more more megal and megal i i cannot talk to him megalomaniacal that's the one that's a <laughs> tough one dude yeah yeah he, he started really kind of like loving the smell of his own farts like <laughs> for lack of a better term and he started adding things to it he he started you know adding you know the, the bridge to total freedom now there are these levels and it just got more grandiose he got this this all this money people started um not wanting him proselytizing you know in their area so you know what he's like fine well i'm gonna use international waters so he bought a he bought an old cruise ship and he would tour around in his cruise ship he'd go down like you know the bahamas in his cruise ship with his you know his followers and until they all they tell him to leave and then he'd find a new port and he'd hang out there until they told him to leave it was it was just like crazy shell game with with his you know his little fleet because he loved he loved to play navy so it's just, it's just nuts, just absolutely nuts. It is too, especially when you like think of it, because I'm sure it was painted in a completely different perspective. Because ultimately, the 
religion, and I'm going to use the air quotes on that one, is right. really well marketed because ultimately, like, that's just, oh, we're being repressed. We're being um, uh, um, oppressed. I'm sorry. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to tell us we can't share our religion with the world when – as you mentioned, you know, initially this was just supposed to be some sort of psychological mumbo jumbo bullshit that he was spreading, and then until he got shut down. Right. And yeah, it, it's like you said, you know, it, it's a shell game, it's a scam. He's a he's a con man, and like yeah. you know, it's not like we haven't seen that recently in this country with our sure. leadership. But it's, you know, like like any good con, the bait is enticing, yeah. and there is something very enticing and seductive about what Scientology sells you, you know, because if you like, like right now, if you were to go into a Scientology center and say, man, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to get my own take on this. I don't want to listen to the haters. I want to get it from the source. They will give you the, they'll love bomb you. They'll give you the big smiles. They'll give you some free material. They'll sign you up for really, really inexpensive courses. Um, like we're talking like 50 bucks, you know, for a multi-week course and it will all sound amazing. And it, and it, and it is like, I, I really wish the church of Scientology wasn't as bad as they are because some of the stuff that they have come up with over the years, especially the stuff to get you in the door, isn't actually that bad it's actually kind of good and you'll get in the door they'll take the usually the first one that they put you in is how to get along well with others it's a nice name for a course yeah. they teach you they teach you how to get along well with people and they teach you the real basics they teach you what's known as the tone scale they they give names we we're talking about names they give names to all of the different like moods like because we got basic moods happy sad angry Oh my God, the tone scale has like 40 and they're all the different things. Like, are you happy or are you in conservatism? Like when you're happy, but you're not really upbeat happy, you're just kind of chilling. Like, like you and your girlfriend are just kind of chilling watching Netflix. Well, okay. You're happy, but you're, you're, that would be conservatism, right? So they have, they give all these names and numbers to all these different emotions, these tones, they call them, um, everywhere from, you know, exaltation at the top to I think body death is pretty cool. I forget my I forget my tone scale, but um, <laughs> but you know, like covert hostility 1.1. That's one of the ones they go to. Like co like the people that are out to get you and stab you in the back, the people that smile to your face and then say stuff behind your back. That's covert hostility. And most Scientologists consider most of the people in the world are all living in 1.1 1.1. They're all everyone's out to get you, you know, and you can't you can't live life thinking everyone's out to get you and, and maintain any kind of healthy mentality. But anyway, um, so you come in the door, they, they they they'll talk to you about, hey, you know, you get headaches sometimes you feel stressed out. Sometimes your body's a little achy just because, you know, you're, you're trying to get through life. Well, you know, we know why that is. You're a good person. And. You know, your mind is kind of at war with your body. So, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, give you control, total control of your own mind so that your mind is able to control your body. And, and, you, and the way they explain it, it makes sense. Like you got all these thoughts 
you got all these worries, you got all these things you're carrying around, and it's eating you up. Your mind isn't totally clear because it's got all these things pulling every which way. So let's handle all the things that are pulling it every which way so you can have total control of your mind so that you can, you know, you, you know you're, you're going to lessen all those stresses and, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, it's like from a very, very self-help thing. It's like, hey, you know, I bet one of the stresses that you have, I bet you, you know, coworkers and your boss, they're always getting on you. Wouldn't it be great if you could just talk to people and just get them to like change their mood to what you want it to be. And you're like, oh yeah, that sounds amazing. You know, well, hey, 50 bucks, it's only 50 bucks. Here's a book. Sign up for this course. We'll teach you all about it. And you're like, all right. And you take the course and you're going to learn really good stuff. You're going to take it back to your office. You're going to take it back home and you're going to use it. And the, the thing is, it, it's going to work. It, it, and it, it really is. And you're going to be like, oh man, well, if that worked, I wonder what the next course is going to do. And you and you know, the next course will be like how to study. That's a great one. And they really, the way they teach you how to study and how to recognize when you get to something you don't understand, you know, how your body feels when you get to a point, like if you've ever had that experience where you read the same sentence five times and you're like, ah, and you keep having to go back, they explain why that happens and, and it's legit. So you go, oh man, so now you've taken a couple classes. They've both been good. Now at this point, maybe you're talking to your spouse. Hey, you know those crazy Scientologists? Well, I actually went into one of their centers and no, 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 it's, it's fine. No, they weren't as crazy as, as you thought, you know, and, and I took this course and it's been really good. Here, read, read this, you know, this, this little pamphlet. It's called The Way to Happiness. It's one of the pamphlets they love to hand people. And, it's, and it talks about things like, trustworthiness and and things like that and you're like oh man how can you disagree with being trustworthy and they get you in the door that way with all this stuff that makes sense and then next thing you know it's been a couple of years you've replaced a lot of the people in your lives that are you know trying to keep you away from the stuff that's working for you and you look around and you've you before you even realize it you've bought in to this mentality and that's when they start to hit you with the crazier stuff. They don't hit you all at once because you'll walk right out the door. They wait until you've invested thousands of dollars, years of your life. You've replaced some of your friends and family with people in their organization. And then they're like, oh, hey, aliens. And you're like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Why not? <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like we got off on a tangent there. So you... no, that's that's fine because I'm actually really glad that you took it to that spot because that was going to be something I I brought up if it wasn't addressed because that's part of it too. Like it's not just like hey, this is all within yourself. This is all within yourself. There's alien spirits that were frozen and put into a volcano. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one brief thing on that. So. That a lot of people they focus on the the alien prison planet that is TGX, sorry, what we call Earth. Um, so that is such a small part of of what Scientology is. It'll be like if everybody totally ragged on Christianity for believing that like a woman came from a rib and there was a talking snake in a garden. It's like, Oh my God, you believe in talking snakes in gardens? Like, Oh my God. Like, Oh yeah. So women came from a rib. Like, Oh, that's so stupid. You know, like, yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's silly, but 
I would challenge you to find me any religion whose origin story isn't completely batshit. But um, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's we're this planet basically is uh, where this evil galactic overlord banished all of his political opponents. Um, and he set up a force field so that, you know, we couldn't, our, our, our souls, Thetans are, couldn't leave. Uh, we're all, um, imprinted with these engrams, you know, of things like religion and hate and all these things that make us just completely confused and, ah. and, um, so every one of our bodies has all of these thetans in them they call them body thetans and they're all tortured souls with memories and stuff like that and and they're the source of a lot of your problems so you what you need to do is you need if i'm an auditor you need to pay me thousands of dollars thousands and thousands of dollars to sit in an office while i ask you questions about past lives they might not be your past life they could be the past lives of of a thetan that's that's stuck in your pinky or something and and, and it's and then, you know, we'll clear that. Well, it's like all those ghost movies where the ghost hangs out until you solve its mystery and then it goes away. Like, like, <laughs> what, like what lies beneath, you know, like that's it, it, what it is. You, you've got all these like horrible ghosts in your body and it's like, hey, we, I think we cleared that one's trauma. Now it's gone. You know, no, no. Like, oh, but I still feel bad. Oh, there must be another fate. No, maybe it's maybe it's hiding in your leg. You know, like it's it's <laughs> so no matter what, like if. If I'm in an auditing session and they go, hey, you know, tell me about this memory. I go, I don't think that's a that's a real thing. Oh, well, maybe it's not your memory. Maybe it's maybe it's the memory of of, of one of the Thetans in your body. You're like, oh, okay, cool. You know, sure. Let's 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 do that. Let's let's, you know. So they're never wrong because if it's not your memory, it's something else's memory, and then you clear it and you pay them thousands of dollars, and apparently you're better. This it, <laughs> it's laughable because. It seems ridiculous in a way, but at the same time, too, it's really not that much different from other religions, and that's what's scary. Right. And that that's the thing is, like, everybody wants to turn to Scientology and just be like, oh, well, they're the bad, and they're the evil, and they're, they're stupid, and listen to their crazy alien stories and shit like that. But, like, look at the people who turned to televangelists and sent them thousands and thousands of dollars. I mean, like, Joel Osteen, we'll use him as an example, lives in a multi-million dollar home, has private jets, and then when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston – he wouldn't open up the giant facility that he had to house people to help with that. And like a million excuses. It, it, it's just it, human nature. Yeah. Like human. I'm sorry. Go ahead. People like that where, you know, they, they make all this money off their, off their flock. And then, you know, somebody in their congregation will get taken over by a demon or something or, or will have spirits inside them. Like, Oh, okay. So you, you guys can do that. So, it's kind of the same thing if you really get down to brass tacks. So, um, yeah, I'm one of those people that doesn't – I don't critique Scientology for their spiritual beliefs, if you want to call it that. If you want to believe that aliens inhabit your body and they're tortured thetans and you want to clear their trauma and pay some guy thousands of dollars to do it, whatever. You want to believe that, you know – there's a garden of Eden and a talking snake. Cool. You think that, you know, the overlord Xenu banished a bunch of 
his political prisoners to the planet Tegiak and nuked them and then tortured their souls so they can't leave. Like, cool, man. Uh, it's when any organization starts to become abusive, uh, starts to coerce its members, starts to encourage its members to get second or third mortgages on their house, to run out their credit cards because they need to buy the same books they already bought, but these ones are slightly different and you can't get to your spiritual whatever unless you buy these new books because you can't study off the old books, we'll know. Or you know you haven't been paying your dues, so with the new, you can't use your old e-meter. You got to buy this new e-meter that needs to be able to see the internet, so that we can completely brick it, so you can't use it if you ever do us wrong, you ever do us dirty. Like th that's that's the sort of stuff that makes me go, oh wait a minute, these guys need to be stopped when yeah. they don't see age as uh, the, you know you know those creepy old guys that go age is just a number. Mm -hmm. that's them as as an organization because they believe that we have all been reincarnated so many times that the body might be young but the soul is old the thetan is old you're dealing with an old person so your job is to teach them how to be as self-sufficient as possible as early as possible so you can join the sea organization at a scary young age um, and it's not uncommon in the church uh, to have guys that are well into their adulthood making advances at, you know, 16-year-old members of, of the Sea Org that are running around in, you know, in their, their little uniforms. Um, they have uh, they, they have a, uh, an, an underage problem. That opens up a question that might be difficult to answer because it, a lot of it is perspective. Mm. When it comes to religion, there's there's this fine line where people, some people truly believe the things that they have been taught. And they truly believe that all of the things that they've read and all the things that they've learned for all these years are gospel, you know, pardon right. the phrase, but like that, that, that it is in fact the truth. Do you think that that is when you're when you're talking about these old men who are doing this with younger women, do you feel that they believe they truly believe that, or is this just all uh, uh, again the shell game? Is this all a con so that these perverts can get younger women, or like it makes it makes me wonder because it's the, the same with the Catholic Church. And again, too, let me state this up front for anybody listening. I am not in condemning any of these religions in any way, shape, or form. I'm speaking of actual things that have actually happened. But the fact that the Catholic Church has, has covered up so many different molestation charges, and it's almost like men who have a penchant for young boys go towards that, and then nothing ever stops them from doing the horrible things that they do. Like, it, is there— is there a feeling on your side or that you've heard from other people that it's kind of this is part of the the advantages that you get from being in power and the sea org for instance as you mentioned like you you can do whatever you want because the religion is basically going to tell you that it's okay so i wouldn't say that it that aspect of it is a recruitment thing like i wouldn't say people are attracted to it because of that but i would say that the people that are in um definitely have that almost encouragement to 
take advantage um, because you get you get a bunch of guys or girls you get a bunch of people uh, in a very insular community there's not a lot of people in it it's a it's a dwindling community thank goodness and all of a sudden you get some new girl that just showed up at you know the base and you know maybe she's 15 or 16 um, and being in an environment where there really isn't a lot that's going to stop you, it's going it, to, it'll be a lot diffi more difficult to I'm trying to say, to figure out how to phrase this. Um, there won't be a lot that would stop predators in their midst from taking advantage of that. And the way Scientology works is it, it seems to attract a very predatory type personality. Not necessarily well, it makes... not necessarily a, a, a pedophile, but definitely a predatory personality. In general, yeah, because of the way that it's set up. If you don't agree with us, then you're wrong and we're going to shun you, um, to use a you know different religion's term. But like, yeah, you're gonna become a suppressive person. And it makes it, it makes a hundred percent sense because you you do what we say. You get the power to say who is and who isn't good and who is and who isn't allowed to be in this organization. Yeah, a hundred percent. It makes oh, total you can sense. Turn on people. They encourage it. The informing on the person next to you is 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 tat. Like what most people say, like you shouldn't tattle. Yeah, Scientology. They're all they're pro tattle. Like there are forms. It's called a KR, a knowledge report. You can fill one out. On on the kid next to you, like I went to a Scientology school for a few years, and even as early as the you know first grade, you know what does a first grader know about anything? And you know you you piss a kid off instead of going and running and telling the teacher or stealing your toy, that little first grader Scientologist is going to write out a knowledge report. I saw little Derek drawing boobies on the chalkboard, and you know and Next thing you know, you're getting called into the ethics office, like I mentioned earlier, and a little first grader holding onto the cans as they're like, you know, what are your crimes against Scientology? And you're like, I don't know. You know, it's it's it's, it's stupid. It's frightening too. It is. Like because that doing that to a little kid just furthers the indoctrination. I can't go against them because they'll torture me. Pretty much. Yeah. God, that's yeah. scary as shit. Like. Uh, say what you will about like, man, like just just to think that that sort of thing happens and there's no accountability for it. I think I think that that's what scares me the most about the religion, is that there's zero accountability. Because I'm gonna use a contemporary uh, actress who has gotten huge lately because of the movies and TV shows that they've been in, and that's Elizabeth Moss. Oh. And the fact that she is on The Handmaid's Tale, she is the main character. And it is a feminist – it's a pro-feminist show. It's it's about equality. It's about taking back what, what, is, what is stolen from women. And to have her be a Scientologist is the, the worst level of hypocrisy I've ever seen. And for her to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's nothing wrong, and they don't do anything bad to women, and they don't treat women poorly. And it's just like, how are you not seeing this? And like how – it's difficult for me to continue to turn to these shows, and that sucks because I love that show. Sure. But like, Lord, to turn to an example as well from that '70s show, and Orange Is the New Black, yeah. where she plays a lesbian character. Yeah. 
Laura Perpon's character is a lesbian, and the Church of Scientology is very anti-LGBT. But when Laura Perpon is asked about it, she says, oh, I don't know about that. It's like, dude, I could show you the page on Dianetics where it talks about that. Like, how can you not know that? It's like basic 101. But, yeah. but, she, plays, but she plays that character, and it's like, all right. It's, it's just scary. It's, it's very scary to think that it's all about suppression. It's all about control. And like, you'll, I still remember that famous interview with Tom Cruise, where he said that, um, I can't remember who, who, who was interviewing him, but they were talking about postpartum depression. Oh, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields was talking about postpartum depression. And he's like, oh, she doesn't need medication. That's all in your head. And like, just very, and like, and was adamant, adamant about that. And it was just like, these are your your leaders. These are the people that you looked. This is like your your. Now I wouldn't say messiah. Messiah is the wrong word for that. But like this is your guy. This is the guy who like is the figurehead. He is the spokesperson of this religion, and that's sort of stuff that he's saying. It just it it's frightening. And it's super damaging. Like like I said before, like you could believe whatever you want. You want to believe you know aliens and it doesn't bother me. But once you become a damaging factor, that's oh a hundred percent. Once you weaponize your religion and turn it against others, then there's a problem. It's it's why it's why I could not take anybody who was a quote unquote Christian who was also a Trump supporter seriously. Because you're you're going to say, Oh, well, I believe in love and I believe in this and I believe that we should be helping our brothers and sisters. Except for the illegals that are trying to cross into this country, we need to put them in cages. It's like, right. wait a minute, no, uh uh-uh. uh. It doesn't work like that. You can't I'm say that you live the life. Yeah, you know, I I'm not pro exactly. the you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Again, the the hypocrisy of the whole thing is just is scary. Um, so you've been out. You've been out of the church for for quite some time now. Yes, uh, it sounds like the the better. I mean, a couple of decades now. Yes, uh, twenty years. Yeah, I've been out. Is this something that's almost uh, the Jewish term for it is a mitzvah? Where it's it's like a, a duty, it's an obligation that you feel that you need to speak, like you need to do something. Is that essentially what this is? Is speaking out against it and, and bringing knowledge to how damaging this religion is? One hundred percent. If I if me talking keeps so much as one person from walking through the doors of a Scientology center or stopping at one of those stupid st- free stress tests that they place in like busy places like New York City. Um, Wait a second. That's theirs. That's theirs. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. If you ever see one of those persons saying they're free stress test, that is somebody. They're called a body router. They're there to get physical people through the door of a Scientology center. Oh shit. Did yeah. not know that. And I've seen those a million times. Everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's so, nuts, dude. Yeah. So that's. I'm sorry to cut. Sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, but like that. That wow. Just mind blown. Like yeah. yeah. Um. There's <laughs> also uh, an organization called Narconon. That's yeah, that's. Both, it's so like it's Narcotics Drugs. Narcotics Anonymous, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Narcotics Anonymous is its own thing. But if you ever see it abbreviated Narconon. Narconon is actually a very toxic and dangerous wing of Scientology that's trying to help get people off of drugs in a very dangerous uh, way that also tries to lead you into the door of Scientology. So Narconon, their logo is like a little guy like breaking free of this little thing. Anyway, but Narconon, yeah, that's actually a part of Scientology. No, no uh, shit. I just assumed that that was like 
like um, alcoholics. I mean, it was like an abbreviation, you know, like. Oh, you wow. hear it. Holy oh shit. yeah, Narcanon, Narcanon. You go, oh, it must be Narcotics Anonymous. It's not. Is that also is Al-Anon then the same thing? Actually, that I don't know. It might be. I'd have to look that one up. But I know Narcanon is definitely a big one. That you know they'll they'll you know they uh, they do what are known as purifs, uh, where they, you know they they dehydrate you and make you take a bunch of vitamins and then put you in a sauna for a while until you're basically loopy. Um, there have been people that have died during during uh these purifs yeah, it's a, yeah. jesus christ so yeah you, know, you want to talk about an organization that's going out there and being weaponized you know scientology the stuff that they're doing is very very damaging because like what you mentioned um the oh well she she doesn't she doesn't need any help with that with the medication they think that anything psychological shouldn't be medicated and you should never go to a psychologist you just need more auditing you just need more scientology um so somebody who's you know bipolar they would say well don't take your medication we can help you with that you know so, okay now 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 you're really screwing up somebody's life um and that's where i i have a real big problem like like i have adhd really bad i i grew up with adhd with no support i never got ritalin i remember being at a very young age my parents were taking me to anti-psychology rallies and i was holding signs saying like you know no ritalin and stuff like that while being a kid that totally needed to be on ritalin i did horribly through school i i failed through almost every grade i i barely graduated high school you know like I had to do everything the hard way because my parents didn't believe in what they saw as drugging their child. When what I needed was an IEP for my school, therapy, and probably some medication, I could have had a very successful academic career, which was robbed from me because of Scientology. It's a mitzvah. It is a mission. It is important for more of us to speak out because that is the tool that the Church of Scientology has, you know, no defense against. And that is that knowledge, that that power that comes from that knowledge. And the more people are willing to speak out against it, that means the more it's going to show up in people's Google searches. When that person sees a free stress test and they don't know what it is and they go home and they Google free stress test, the first result isn't going to be Scientology, the first result's gonna be five things saying, avoid the free stress test, it's a scam. You know, like the more people that speak out, the more people are gonna get diverted away from something that could completely upend their life. This is awesome. Like I didn't expect to learn as much as I have been, you know, like that's. Oh, I'm ha happy to do it, you know. Like, it's. I think it's funny you mentioned earlier um, terminology, and I'll tell you, you know, I've been out for 20 years, and there are still times where I have a hard time finding the normal word for something because even after that amount of time, the Scientology term is where I just want to default. And thankfully, I have enough people in my life that are also out of Scientology, so they understand my terminology. So a lot of times, 
I'll just kind of apologize in advance. I'll be like, hey, this already is a you know Scientology terminology, you know, but you know, and I'll and I'll use it. But um, one of the cool benefits is with just a little bit of, of research, and you can do this yourself. Uh, with just a little bit of research, learning some of the basic uh, Scientology terms, you can spot them a mile away because it's so hard not to use a lot of that terminology. I, if I'm in LA, uh, I'm sitting at a cafe. That you know, I can my my ears they they they, they twitch a little bit. I I'll hear <laughs> certain things and I can spot like from a mile off. Like there are a couple of Scientologists over there having having coffee. Um, but yeah, because they 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 just they replace commonplace words with their own words. Like like uh the real common one say. Let's say there's something that you don't understand. You wouldn't say, hey, there's something here that I don't understand. Like a normal person, you'd say, I have a misunderstood in in that that phrasing. I have a misunderstood. What? Yeah. <laughs> the term misunderstood is the the noun it is of the sentence. So you wouldn't say I have a misunderstanding or there's a thing I don't understand. You have a misunderstood. Things like that. It's 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 subtle, but once once you hear it, you you can't unhear it. Oh yeah, no, it stands out for sure. It it definitely does. The it, it you you mentioned that you had served in the military as well, and it's it's an interesting tie-in here too because that I was I served myself. You learn a whole different set of terminology in the military as well, and it's you're able to spot another military person just by one, the way they carry themselves or two, the way they talk. And you'll hear things like, Oh yeah, that's on set. And you're like, wait a minute, mm, hang on. Yeah. Or yeah. And like the one that got me was like when I, I first started working for the company that I work for now, um, I was talking about going downstairs to get lunch and I accidentally called it the DFAC. <laughs> and somebody was like, Oh, what branch are you in? And I was like, yeah, the army. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's, in a, in a completely different context, though, but it's it's so crazy how there's so many like similarities to religion and then also to the military. Was that something that you noticed too, where you were kind of like, wow, there's certain there's a certain level of indoctrination in joining the military as well. There is, and and and, and, and I can't talk today. It's necessary in a military environment too. You know, you need to be able to rely on your brothers and sisters in arms. You need to know that you have that commonality that your basic core values are in alignment. So you need to have some degree of indoctrination. Uh, you know, otherwise, you know, if, you know, your NCO says, take that hill, you're going to be like, oh, screw you, buddy. You know, like you need <laughs> that indoctrination. Yeah. It needs to be there. It gets a little scarier when you're, when you're dealing with a, a, a religion, I think. Yeah. Because one is, one is meant to save one is meant to save your life and teach you ways to, um, you know, protect your comrades, as, as you mentioned, but then the other one is to control you. And it's, yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard any situation being in the military where they were like, oh, well, you know, if you're not using this terminology, then obviously you're wrong and you're bad and we're going to make you an unsavory character. And we're going to kick you out. No, they're like, no, this is how you say this. And right. it's a, yeah. Well, and a big difference, like the reason we don't look at the military as a cult is let's say you, you sign up, right? you sign up for four years or six years or let's say you do a career or whatever at some point even if you go you know what i've done four years fuck the army i don't like it anymore they can go 
you know, whatever, go pound sand. And, and, and you leave and you get out after your four-year tour, they don't send army people to your house to harass you. You're still considered a veteran. Thank you for your service, right, and all that good stuff. Nobody's going to shame you. you you're, you're not going to get shunned. You're, your wife's not going to leave you. Well, I don't know. Maybe she will. I don't, I don't know. But, you know, some people love to be ex. I was going to uh, say, man, the benefits, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there, there's that big difference is if somebody joins the Church of Scientology and they they get pretty high along. They, you have to get pretty far along for them to harass you. I just want to put that out there. Like, if you just join Scientology... You take some courses, you're in for a few years, maybe you get to like OT level two or something like that, and you decide to leave, you kind of do a soft exit. You're not speaking out against the church, you're just kind of moving away. They'll, they'll leave you alone. You'll still get phone calls, they'll still send you stuff in the mail to try and get you to come back in, but they're not going to like do anything crazy to you. It's once you get past really OT level three where they tell you about the aliens. Um, You've been in for years at that point. Probably spent about a hundred grand on courses and a hundred grand. Oh yeah. Oh easy, easy. Oh yeah. Because I mentioned like buying books again. That's a common thing. So like, um, you have to buy a whole library to study from, and it's thousands and thousands of dollars for these books. Uh, you you study them, and then they might be like, ah, you know what? We we did an edit, so throw those out. Uh, buy these new ones for you know six grand or whatever. Um, oh yeah, and there's this new e-meter. Uh, it's like eight grand. And oh hey, we see you're ready for this next course. This course is you know you know seven thousand dollars. Where like it, and they and they get on you like, do you, how much is your spiritual you know well-being worth to you? Like, you know you've got a million lifetimes ahead of you. This is just one of your many lives. Who cares about your credit card debt? What's what's credit card debt? This is one life of many. Like. They, they, they really say crap like that to you. You get people that will like put mortgages on their house, get credit cards just to run them up and max them out. And the church is like, yeah, good for you. You're putting your priorities in order. Like, mm. So by the time you get to OT level three, it's not just like you've taken a couple of courses. You've taken several courses, dozens of courses. You've gone to events. You can't just like show up for a course you also there are all these scientology events that you have to go to anytime you see those big crowds those people aren't there for free those great big photo ops of thousands of scientologists all in one place yeah they'll yeah. to be there you know if you have any kind of money like they'll find out like if you gamble and you win like a hundred thousand dollars they'll know and they'll nuts. To, to, to donate like hey we're building this this new organization in tempe arizona or whatever like we could really use that hundred thousand dollars and if you go oh you know i could really use that hundred thousand dollars too they'll be like "Ooh, uh, you don't sound like you're too committed to this we need to bring you into the ethics office for a sec check you know like, <laughs> they're basically like that's not very cash money of you yeah <laughs> so that, like, that's how they operate so by the time you get to ot level three and you learn about the aliens like I said, like at that point, you're so indoctrinated, so bought in, and they go, "Hey, aliens!" You're like, "Yeah, all right, cool. I guess, I guess I believe in aliens now, you know." <laughs> well, here we are, yeah, in for a penny, in for a pound, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely absolutely. Let me let me ask you something because you mentioned you mentioned the amount of money that's dropped on this, and I want to address this because I'm wondering if there's a correlation here with this. 
when it comes to racial diversity in the church, is there even such a thing? Yeah, actually there is. Um, really? Yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised. Um, I figured it would be more of a privilege, like a white privilege sort of thing. Like, you know, you've got this extra money left over from whatever thing. So. Oh, oh don't get me wrong. Uh, there aren't a lot of black Scientologists. Yeah, okay. Shocker, uh, right? Yeah, there are uh, a larger amount of Asian uh, Scientologists, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, it, it is. I mean, you look at any picture, it's 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 mostly white guys, let's be honest. You know, um, it, it is a very white, white privilege organization for sure. But um, but there there's there's some some diversity. I'd say there's probably more diversity in Scientology than say Church of Mormon. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, when it comes to I mean like kind of kind of parting words here. Like what what would you say to somebody who's who's maybe interested in this or is on the fence has has had people come to them and say, "Hey, this is what we want. This, you know, I'm thinking about joining the church." I mean like You've mentioned that there are some good sides to this church. There are some good things. There are some good messages. But overall, like, what would you say to somebody who was considering this? What I would say to them, well, it, I would ask them, what about their life are they looking to improve on? Because that's how Scientology gets you. They, they The reason they start you out with that free stress test is they neg you they they the first thing they do is they go there's something wrong with you but you know we can fix that you know and so i would ask them what is wrong with them that they feel they need an organization like scientology to fix because there isn't anything that scientology can do that a good therapist can't do better that talking to just really i don't encourage religion i'm an atheist i i'm 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 happy with that carl sagan is my god but um i would even encourage somebody to talk to you know a rabbi before they i ask them to talk to somebody in scientology you know just anybody with a little bit of wisdom that isn't trying to get you um, because all Scientology is trying to do at the end of the day is get you. They really don't care if you ever improve. They don't care if you're actually happy. They just want to get you. So I would encourage you, anybody that's looking into Scientology, is to find and seek guidance from somebody who doesn't need a penny from you. Yeah, I think that that's a great message to kind of end on here with this. So I definitely want to thank you, Derek, for for your time, man. This is, like I said, I was blown away. I I learned things that I didn't even think were anywhere near um, what I thought about about this. And again, using air quotes, this religion, because it is is a cult. It it sounds like it's a pyramid scheme. It's 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 good to hear from somebody else that the things that I thought about this were true, but also that it's so much worse than I thought it was. It's 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 absolutely horrible. But the one good thing is that it is dying. It cannot survive the information age. So we just have to keep 
putting that word out to keep any people from coming through their doors and it will it will fold like a house of cards to use a you know common as, as they say the truth will set you free and yes. i think that that's what's what's happening here so that's awesome I want to thank Derek Grant for his time and for his incredibly enlightening information and telling his story about the church. And again, as I've said throughout this entire podcast, we use that term very, very loosely as this sounds like a cult. It sounds like it's something that preys on people who are desperate, people who are in need, people who need help and to take their money and to take their freedom and to then weaponize that and turn them against them. That is one of the biggest problems that we have in this country, in this world, across the board, is the rich and the powerful taking advantage of the less fortunate, whether they be financially less fortunate or whether they just be in need mentally or spiritually. And that's something that with Mike Explorers, we will continue to try to explore this and expose this because as Derek mentioned, the information age is gonna kill this religion. The truth will set you free, as I mentioned. And as we like to say here at the Great Geek Refuge, it's become our, one of our new catchphrases. Together, there are no heights that we can't reach. And how do we reach those heights together? Through the truth, through listening to each other's stories, by providing a platform for those who don't have a voice to have a voice. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to Mike Explorers on the Great Geek Refuge and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>